The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fourth chapter. Matthew writes, When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has been dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father, and they followed him. And he went throughout all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So his fame spread throughout all of Syria, and they brought him all of the sick, all of those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, those having seizures and paralytics, and he healed them. And great crowds followed him from Galilee and Decapolis, and then from Jerusalem and Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, dear saints, the overwhelming imagery of our readings for this Sunday, the third Sunday of Epiphany, very fitting, is light and darkness. A light has shone upon those who dwell in the darkness, and that light is the given Son of God. He is both our light and the power of God for you and for our salvation. Those who follow him, those that have been called, will not walk in the light, though they dwell in the lands of great darkness still. Both darkness and light are part of this life of our Jesus, the child that was born to us. He grew up in this so-called dark land of Galilee. The Jews, they called Jesus a Samaritan. 
And he did not deny this assertion. Nothing good could come from there. Nathaniel, he insists this with almost a question-like tone in his voice. It was considered evil, backward and dark. Moreover, Galilee was looked down upon even by other Samaritans. Yet from such despicable gloom shines the light of the world. Isaiah, he proclaimed to them God's promise to bring them a light of his salvation. No longer would God's people suffer in darkness and pain. God would send his deliverer. We ourselves, we often live in this Galilean landscape of such gloom. These are the feelings at any rate that threaten to smother out the light. We are afraid. We seem to be attacked by foes on every side. Armies surround us. The psalmist shares our difficulty because he lived in such a dark place as well. Nevertheless, though he was really hounded and surrounded in the darkness, the Lord was David's light of salvation. And when we gaze on the beauty of the Lord, instead of staring ahead into this dark and bleak day of trouble, we too are lifted high upon the rock like David was. It is there encamped in God upon the Christ that we have the best vantage point of the light. And the psalmist badly or boldly declared the blessings of fearlessly living because the Lord is his light and his salvation. There is nothing to fear when God is on our side. Adversaries and foes will fall at the hand of our Lord. So do we follow the latest promise maker on television, on social media, or even possibly from within ourselves? Or do we follow the light? Do we follow Christ, the promise of our Father? Often it seems like we seek counterfeit light and only to our eternal demise. There's only one light in darkness, and he shined brightest on the world's darkest day. This is the bright promise of the cross, to trust even in our darkest gloom, to believe, to be faithful. Paul, having greeted the Corinthian church with prayer and thanksgiving, urged them to put aside all of their divisions and their enmities. Paul made a bold and profound confession of faith, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. 
But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Once again, this word of the cross seems to be madness to those who will not trust in this promise. But to those whom believe, the faithful, who have been saved, who have been called, it is the very power of God. Now, in our gospel text that we have for today, the the baptizer, John, well, he's been arrested. And he sits in darkness in this dark cell. He's awaiting Herod's orders. And undoubtedly, John knew that his end was near. And it is within this dark context that the evangelist proclaims that a light has dawned. And Matthew, our gospel writer for today, he reiterates the passage that we had from the Old Testament, from Isaiah, showing that Jesus's ministry is the fulfillment of that prophecy. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus proclaimed to us. It is time to be repented as the here and now comes face to face with God's kingdom. Yes, the light, it has dawned and the new age has come. And the appropriate response to this news is to be repented of the sin that clings so closely to us. Jesus began his public ministry declaring to those who gathered by using the words of the prophet, the kingdom of God is at hand. It is at this point when we receive the first sermon, the first sermon that we ever get from the Lord where Jesus, he preached, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it's important for us to note here that this proclamation that we receive from Jesus to repent, it's imperative. It's a performative statement. It is an active proclamation that those who are receiving it, well, we, well, we're passive in it. The word here isn't any different than what we receive in Genesis. When God proclaims, let there be light. And there is light. Repent is to be repented. It's to be turned away from the darkness, the gloom, and the suffering by our God, by Christ, through the Holy Spirit, and towards the light, the face of God, the Savior that comes in Christ amongst us. As soon as Jesus announces the arrival of the kingdom Well, then he goes on to call his disciples from among ordinary men, people like you and me. 
He calls James and John, Peter and Andrew, ordinary fishermen. He calls them out of their vocation into his proclamation of the coming of the kingdom. Now, when we hear of these men and their vocation, it's necessary for us to realize that they're not anglers. They're not fishermen in the sense that, well, we're normally accustomed to. They're not rigging worms and minnows onto hooks to lure their catch. No, these type of fishermen, they're commercial fishermen. And what they are doing is they're casting out large nets. And that right there is exactly how the light of our Savior and his word works, like a big net. We are not lured. We don't make a decision to swallow up the gospel of our Lord like a deceptive worm. But no, it catches us. It draws us in, in the depths of the darkest of our lives. And this typically happens when we don't expect it. We are called out of the darkness by the truth, the way, and the light. Martin Luther, in the small catechism, in his explanation of the third article of the creed, states that I believe that I cannot be my, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, and sanctified and kept me in the true faith. Like a big net. Jesus calls his disciples to follow him on his way. Jesus speaks and they come. They fall behind him, leaving everything, including their homes, their families, and their work. You see, the call of Christ, well, it's a miracle in itself. His very word is so performative, it makes things happen, and we are passive in that. They have no idea what they're in for. But they drop their nets, they leave everything behind. And now follow him. They are disciples. And discipleship, it's not merely a statement of belief like we state, I am a Christian. No, it's radically being turned to Jesus in passionate obedience to his holy will in our lives. And St. Paul, he reminded the Corinthians that this includes putting aside all of your divisions and your strife. We were given the formula of concord by the reformers. And one of the things that states is this, that we should never regard this call from God, which takes place through the preaching of the word, as some kind of deception Instead, we should know that God reveals his will through it. Namely, that he wills to work through his word in those whom he has called, who he has 
caught up in his great net. In such dark times, disciples are called to follow Jesus, to become disciples. And it does not matter how desperate the times that we live in are. For Jesus is still the dawning, the light, and the light of a new day with new hope. And the call, it still remains today. The same that it remained in Old Testament time and New Testament time. It, it is to repent for the kingdom of heaven. It is here. It is now. It is at hand. That was our Savior's first sermon. And it echoes so true to us still today. As we shine and reflect the light throughout the world in the proclamation and preaching and witnessing of his word to the world, to other nations, to our nation, to our communities, and to all of our neighbors, into the depths and the darkness of the seas as fishers of men casting out our big nets. His word and his drawing in of disciples with hope. Those who follow him will know the light. And may this give you peace. The peace of the Lord that surpasses all of our human understanding. May it guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.